1: Today, uh, you've kind of picked up on it a little bit. We're starting a new series called Relationship Keys. Relationship Keys. And throughout this series, we want to seek to understand and grow more in God-honoring relationships. Uh, when Jesus was asked, you know, what, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Relationships matter. So that's a little bit of the essence of what's the deal with the name tags? Relationships matter. Your name matters. It's really hard to be in relationship with someone for any length of time and not know what to call them. (laughs) We've been there, but this is just an opportunity for us to grow together in relationship. Uh, Today, we're joined by Pastor Adrian via video. He's going to launch us off into the series uh, in unity across our campuses. You've heard that we're one church in multiple locations, and this is one of the ways that we express that life, is that together, as one church, all three campuses, we're stepping into uh, relationship keys this weekend, so I would invite you to lean in. Uh, Pastor Adrian really starts us out in a great place with a challenging word today, in relationship keys.
2: Well, hey, good morning, East Rock family. Uh, Pastor Adrian here, and I have the privilege of serving as lead pastor uh, at Church of the Nazarene. And I I really have a privilege of getting to serve, yes, of course, at the Harrisonburg campus where I preach most often, but really serve across all our campuses. And so today is a really special day. Uh, You, East Rock family, you know that you celebrate next week. I hope you know next week you celebrate two years of God's ministry and His faithfulness. God's been faithful for way more than two years, but we celebrate the two years uh, since that campus was launched and all the things God's done. So first of all, come back, be there, plan to celebrate. But also last week, uh, I got the privilege of celebrating with our Esperanza Viva campus, our Spanish-speaking campus in Harrisonburg, as they celebrated 18 years of God's faithfulness and all the miracles. And today, right, today uh, they'll be baptizing people who responded uh, to a profession of faith in, in their anniversary celebration service. So I wanted you to get a picture today of all that God's doing, not just there in your midst, but in, in his kingdom and specifically throughout our church, across our campuses. I get the privilege of kind of seeing glimpses and snapshots. And maybe you don't always get to see that. So today I just came bringing good news that God is moving, yes, at our East Rock campus. Yes, at our Harrisonburg campus, and also uh, with our brothers and sisters at Esperanza Viva. So thank you for your part that you play as a part of our church, Church of the Nazarene. Who is it today in your life that has the most keys? (laughs) The most keys. I know we we live in a world today where we have a few less of those maybe than we used to. Everything's digital or or key fobs and things like that. But but I, I was thinking about my dad this week because growing up, my dad had a lot of keys. Uh, he's a pastor now currently in the Church of the Nazarene in Richmond, but, but growing up, he was on staff at a church. He wasn't a pastor, but, but his job at this church was, was kind of over the facility, over administration. And because of that, it was a large facility, he had a lot of keys. I mean, 30, 40, that's what it felt like as a kid. They would jingle as he walked. You could always hear my dad before you could see him. Uh, it probably weighed several pounds, all the keys that he had. And uh, keys are important, right? Whoever has the right keys, that's important, isn't it? Just ask the person who's been locked out of their house, right? Or the person that's locked their keys in the car. Ask them how important it is to have the right keys. In fact, I could tell a story today of a time with the help of my kids that we locked our keys in the van and the van was still running. That was an interesting afternoon for us. So I don't have to tell you about the importance of having the right keys, do I? Well, hey we're, we're launching into a brand new series throughout the month of february and we're gonna be talking about keys not car keys or house keys but relationship keys that's right for us this month of february across all our campuses we're going to be talking all about relationships all about relationships because here's the truth relationships matter relationships matter it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert uh, relationships matter. In fact, you, you, you wouldn't be wrong to say that relationships are everything, everything. The people in your life, the relationships you have with your kids, your coworkers, your roommate, your friend, your enemy, your spouse. You like how I listed your enemy and your spouse so close together. A little bit of humor there for you. Didn't know if you picked up on that, right? But relationships matter. They're everything. Here's the truth. We're made for relationships. God made us to be in relationship with other people around us. We're we're created for connection. But here's another truth. Relationships are hard. (laughs) They are hard, really hard. Dealing with the people in your life is really hard, and I bet I would get a couple amens, but you're a little bit concerned about the people sitting to your left or your right, maybe some of which that you rode with here today, so you're gonna keep your amens kind of quiet. But come on, we can be honest. Relationships are hard, aren't they? In the year 2023, I think relationships have gotten harder. People feel overwhelmed and anxious, uncertain. People are divided. People are angry. People feel isolated, right? All around us, I don't know about you, but all around me, there seems to be fewer and fewer examples of healthy relationships. In case you're tempted to tune me out, in case you hear this topic of relationships and you think, I might opt out of the month of February, Consider this. Consider Jesus. When he was asked, when he was asked the most important commandment, you know it, right? Jesus responded not just with one, but two. He responded and said, well, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? Love God. But then he gave another command. Love your neighbor. In case you, you want to kind of tune out this relationship nonsense, that's not for me. Consider that. That should tell us how important relationships were to Jesus. When given the opportunity, he said there's two two commands. Love God and love your neighbor. Here's good news for us. Here's good news. It maybe sounds like I've started with a bunch of bad news. that, That relationships are important, but they're really hard. But here's the good news. God's word. God's word offers us the help that we desperately need. If you're like me and you're like, yeah, I need help with my relationships, the good news, God's word offers, offers the help, the wisdom that we need, the tools that we need, the keys that we need in our relationships. And so I want to invite you on this journey throughout the month of February. Today, we begin with the first uh, the first key to godly, healthy, life-giving relationships. It's not the only key, but man, I really think today's is the first. And I, and I wanted to join you today to share my heart because I believe this is foundational. That if you will join me in saying, I'm, I'm going to commit with the help of the Lord to this first key in relationships. I believe over, over this next month and over this next year, God will do incredible things in your relationships. What's the key for today? The key is selflessness. Selflessness. That's the first key to healthy, God-honoring, God-glorifying relationships. Selflessness. Let's start with Jesus. Let's start with Jesus because he points us here repeatedly. In the Gospel of John, John 13, as, as Jesus is preparing for his journey to the cross, he says this, A new command I give you, love one another. Those three words, those three words, love one another, are groundbreaking. Then he goes on. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Everyone will know that you belong to me if you love one another. If you love those people, the relationships around you, right? If you want to test the quality of your love for Jesus, measure the quality of your love for others. Love as I have loved you. Well, how how has he loved me? Skip a couple pages over to John chapter 15. Jesus says this, if you keep my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as i have loved you and then get this verse 13 greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for friends (laughs) love as he has loved how is he loved laying down his life that's the epitome of selflessness isn't it laying down your life. Quite literally, as we read Jesus's words on the other side of the cross, we see Jesus laid down his life. What is the standard to love in our relationships? What's the standard of love? Well, it's Jesus's standard. Listen to me, church family. Anything short, anything short of Jesus's standard is not a biblical standard of love. I'm going to say that again. Anything short of Jesus's is not a biblical standard of love. Greater love, greater love, Jesus says, has no one in this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, we've been talking a little bit about him uh, in our, our mission series in January. We really concluded with his words. Uh, and Go back there with me for a minute to Philippians chapter 2 because Paul is going to kind of reflect. Remember, Paul never met Jesus personally, but his life was transformed as Jesus appeared to him supernaturally after his resurrection. And and Paul's life is transformed by the selfless love of Jesus. And in turn, his commission to live that selfless love out. Uh, Paul is writing in Philippians 2, and consider these words, verses 3 through 8. This is really the the word on selfless love. Love that we read about. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another. Listen, Paul's talking about relationships, isn't he? In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, As Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Talk about selflessness, right? If selflessness is a key to godly relationships, then what does it mean? What does it look like? I want to articulate some truths that I think will provide clarity on this key to relationships, but be ready. It's going to be challenging. <laughs> it's going to be challenging. This series is not for the faint of heart, but if you're, you're serious about growing in your relationships with the people around you, if you're serious about valuing the relationships around you, then I promise God's truth is challenging, but, but it, there's hope. There's hope in these words today. So first, this is what I want you to know about this, this selflessness that, that we read about in God's word. Selfless love really means these four words. If you want, I would invite you to write these four words down. You may not like these words, but I promise these are the words that we need to hear. Ready? Four words. It's not about You. I promised this was going to be challenging, didn't I? This might be, bring you a little bit of joy. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and just say, it's not about you. Seriously, I'll wait. Go ahead, do it, do it. Some of you didn't think I was being serious. I am. It's kind of fun to say it that way, right? It's not about you, but, but maybe you could turn those words in yourself, right? It's not about me. Seriously, seriously, that's what selflessness looks like in our relationships. It was the way of Jesus, and it has to be our, our way. Here's the challenge. We tend to want what we want. That's true. You can turn to your neighbor and say, that's true. That's true. We want what we want, don't we? We want what we want. And we tend to want what we want. And then we expect others to care about our needs and our wants. We are, listen, we are inherently selfish. That might not be news to you today, but it's true. We are inherently selfish. not expecting any amens to that one. So we tend to lean towards selfishness and pride, which really harms our ability to love the way God would have us love. That's the opposite of what's required in healthy, godly relationships. Instead, this is what we do. Instead of of thinking always about me and my needs, we we take the focus off of ourselves. We we, we look to those we love, our, our family, our friends, our coworkers, our church family, our neighbors, what does it mean to lay down your life for them? Have you asked yourself that question? Maybe it's a, a daily reminder, a declaration. It's not about me. Some of us, some of us, it would do us a lot of good. It would do our relationships a lot of good if we began kind of with that statement written somewhere, keeping it in front of us day after day, moment after moment. It's not about me. It's not about me. God, help me to live selfless love out in my relationships. I have an important uh, disclaimer that I want you to hear. This is important throughout this entire series, but as we talk about selfless love, I think it's important to acknowledge that this message, this message from Jesus, these words from the Apostle Paul, it does not mean that we become doormats, allowing someone to hurt us. Some of you, listen, some of you have deep hurt because of relationships, because of unhealthy uh, codependent relationships even i'm grateful for the important work that counselors do and, and how mental health pro- professionals helping us helping us find handles to work through healing Of destructive relationships. I'm grateful the ministry that we have of Celebrate Recovery, it happens every week at our Harrisonburg campus on Monday nights, which helps us find handles in creating healthy boundaries. So if that's you, don't take the words of Jesus, don't take the the words of Apostle Paul to be destructive in your lives, because we do need boundaries, especially, especially when people have hurt us and walked over us. But here's the vision I want us to have with that in mind. And with that disclaimer firmly in place, here's the vision I want you to have. Imagine a world. Imagine your world. (laughs) Imagine a relationship, really. What would it be like for both people in that relationship if they cared about each other's needs more than their own? Just imagine with me. (laughs) What would it look like in a relationship? I'm talking about any relationship in your life. What would it look like if both people cared more about each other's needs than their own? That's the call to selfless love. That's what the Apostle Paul was pointing us to as he pointed to the example, the life, the humility of Jesus. What does it say in Philippians 2? In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests but to the interests of others. Remember, I'm talking about all relationships, your friends, your relatives, your coworkers, your neighbors, your spouses. So first, remember those four words with me. It's not about you. It's not. That's the call to selfless love. That's the truth that we need to infuse into our relationships. It's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. And we have to fight, we have to resist. That selfish urge in our hearts to make every relationship about me and what I need all the time. The call to selfless love, it's a call to, it's not about me. But, But the second thing I want you to know today is this. Selfless love means sacrifice, which means selfless love takes courage. Church family, the first key that we talked about with relationships today is a call to courage. It takes courage to live this way. I believe that's why many, not just outside of the church, many within the church, many who claim the truths of Jesus, the one whose words we just read, that's why many of us resist the truth of God's word when it comes to our relationships, because it's hard. It takes courage. It takes courage. Godly relationships aren't easy. It's the reason that we see less and less examples of it in our lives, right? Right? Because there's obstacles, there's challenges every day that make it difficult. And our sinful nature, that if we we, we don't ask the Lord to purify that, our sinful nature is constantly warring against us, pushing us towards self. That's why healthy relationships are hard. They take dedication and they take work. Hard work, it takes courage. I was thinking of an example that I read about just from this past year, a few months ago in the news, um, his name was Damari. Damari was 22 years old, and he uh, and his girlfriend were, uh, were enjoying an evening or going for a walk through their neighborhood, and, and a fight breaks out across the street. And the story goes that as this conflict is rising, and the conflict had nothing to do with them, and they're minding their own business, things started to escalate and get worse and worse. And by the end of the evening, Damari had lost his life. He had literally laid down his life because he jumped in front of his girlfriend in that moment, in that altercation. He didn't think, he didn't take a minute to calculate what could happen or the risk. He just put himself in harm's way to protect her and save her. Ultimately, it cost him his life. He was shot and killed. And she tells the story of literally waiting for the ambulance to come and seeing him laying there in her arms, breathing his last breath. An example of courage, literally laying down his life for someone he loved. You know, we think of examples like that. <laughs> and maybe we think about, well, that, man, the, the kind of relationships in my life, the kind of love we're talking about, doesn't take that kind of courage. Well, maybe that's true. It's also true that love is not the same in all our relationships, is it? We don't love our spouses the same way we love our children. We don't love our co-workers the same way we love our in-laws. You do love your in-laws, right? Okay. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but but we love them nonetheless. It looks different in those relationships. Love is a sacrifice. Love is courageous in each and every one of those relationships, even if it looks different. The question is, church family, will you have the courage? If selfless love means sacrifice, which means selfless love takes courage, will you? Will you have the courage? to care more about the needs of others than your own. Will you have the courage? Church family, I want to be clear today on, on the why. Why? Why are we going to take a whole month to talk about this? Why this series? Why now? If I were you and I was showing up today, maybe it's the first, welcome, it's your first time. Maybe, maybe you've kept showing up as a part of the East Rock campus we love you. We're so grateful that, that you showed up today. But you might be saying, why? Okay, that's, that's good. The Bible talks about our relationships. Man, selfless love, great. What why though? Why this focus? Why now? Well, I, I want to be clear, church family, that I believe, I believe your relationships, my relationships, are under attack. It's true. Listen, just as as we believe in a God who has good plans for us, we believe in an enemy, an enemy, the opposite of God, right? Satan himself who who wants to destroy you. Don't take my word for it. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his three jobs, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the full. So just as there, there is a way, a godly way that God wants to restore and bring health and life to your relationship, there's an enemy who hates you and he hates every single one of your relationships in your life. What, what does that look like today in our lives? What does it look like to see, see him stealing and killing and destroying our relationships? It means a lot but I believe it means that our relationships are under attack. Look at the polarization and the divide we're experiencing in our world, among family, among friends, within the church. People are hurting right now. You are hurting, many of you. I don't have to tell you that. Specifically, I was just, I was doing a little bit of, a, of just taking some stock over the last 30 days in my life and in our church. Just conversations I've had. In the last 30 days, I've spoken with a mother whose daughter wants nothing to do with her. It's painful. Crushing her. I talked to a father who's struggling to know how to love and care for his children. What does it mean to really be a father? His father never said the words, I love you, never showed affection, never really cared. And now he doesn't know what it means to really love his own children. I spoke with a friend who's struggling to have real and meaningful relationships as a 24-year-old adult. I I spoke with a husband and a wife who know they need healing, but they don't know how. Listen, church family. People right now are quitting relationships at an alarming rate. They're quitting friendships. They're quitting family. They're quitting their marriages. And if you aren't already awake, I want to lovingly say to you, church family, wake up. Wake up because your relationships and my relationships are under attack. Wake up. Wake up. You know what's easy to do? It's easy in relationships to play the blame game. I know a lot about that because that's something I tend to struggle with, is quickly when something goes wrong, I I think instinctively, well, whose fault is that? But it's easy. It's easy to do that in relationships, isn't it? It's their fault. Well, it's the culture today. That's what we'll blame. It's, it's the political climate. That's what we'll blame. It's generational. We'll blame it on that, right? There's always blame. But this series and the truth of what God has to say to us, church family, is not about blame. That's why it takes courage. That's why it takes courage, because it doesn't take courage... To blame. It doesn't take courage to hurt the people that are hurting you. It doesn't take courage to follow the path and the way and the standard of the world around us. That doesn't take courage. But the selfless love of Jesus does take courage. That's what this series is calling us to. Calling each and every one of us to look in the mirror first. What can I do? (laughs) To look in the mirror and humbly say, it's not about me. It's not about me. If I, if I want to pursue godly relationships, I have to begin there by saying, okay, God, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I need all the time. Lord, may I choose the way of selfless love. Give me the courage. Give me the courage. You can't escape it. The model of Jesus is the laid down life. That's a big deal for a lot of us. Our rights. We talk a lot about that, don't we? Our rights, my rights. We obsess about rightness and fairness. But Jesus had rights, didn't he? Think about it. He was at the right hand of God, He was at the place of honor, the place of privilege. He had all the rights. And what did He do? What did it say in Philippians 2? He humbled Himself. Look at it again, verse six through eight. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage? He made himself nothing, taking the nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness, he, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself. He laid down his life. You can't escape it, church family. The model of Jesus is the laid down life. So, I wonder right now, what are the rules for your relationships? What are the keys for healthy relationship in your life? What are the keys that you're holding on to right now in your relationships? Where over these these next four weeks as we journey together, where will you give God permission and space to help bring healing and hope and wholeness, and restoration. There's a lot of keys. A lot of things are important. But over the coming weeks, we're going to commit to these specific ones and today specifically to this key, selfless love. Lord, give me the courage. Give me the courage to love the people in my life with your selfless love. Yes, yes, the model of Jesus is the laid-down
0: Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at C-O-T-N-A-Z.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.